So I want to start off with a question. Have you ever had someone try to sell you something? All of us, right? We've all tried to consult. What's the typical pattern a salesperson uses? First, they tell you the amazing benefits of their product or service, which is our miracle product. You know, you've seen those telecommercials on the you know, late at night when you can't sleep and you're just watching TV, right? <laughs> will lower cholesterol, will help burn fat and lose weight, will keep your information safe and secure, will give you better gas mileage, will make you happy and content. All these benefits, all these promises that it's gonna make your life better. And then once you've com you're convinced, they show you the price tag, they tell you at the very end, what's, what's it gonna cost? How much is this worth? How much does this cost? For only four payments of $9.99.99. You're like, whoa, what? <laughs> Expensive. If you only eat Subway for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, you're going to lose weight. If you sign up for our monthly never-ending subscription-based service, your monthly car payment can be as low as insurance companies, right? I was trying to have you switch from one to another. If you sign your life and if you sign your life and soul over, we will do this or do that for you. The typical pattern is there's here's the benefits and then here's how you can get them. Today I want to reverse that pattern. First I want to tell you how to get wisdom and then how to and I want to tell you its benefits. So how do you get it and then its benefits? This is our pattern for a passage and it takes, and I like it because when I finally tell you the benefits of wisdom, you'll be able to weigh in your own mind if it's worth it. Because we've been talking about wisdom from the last, since we started chapter one. And is it worth it to pursue wisdom? So first, how do we, how to get wisdom? How do we get wisdom? Wisdom is skill for living, but living God's way instead of, instead of living for our own way. It's living for God, for his purposes. Once again, the father figure in Proverbs is teaching his son, which who we can all put ourselves in the place of how to get the wisdom. He tells them four ways to get wisdom, not four different ways. And you should do them all if you want to get wisdom. Let's, if you're able to stand for the reading of God's word, we're in chapter two of Proverbs. And we're going to read, be reading the whole chapter this morning. Wisdom's worth. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright he is a shield for those who live with integrity, so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of the faithful of his faithful followers. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will delight you. Discretion will watch over you, and understanding will guard you. It will rescue you from the way of evil, from anyone who says perverse things, from those who abandon the right paths to walk in ways of darkness. From those who enjoy doing evil and celebrate perversion, whose paths are crooked and whose ways are devious, it will rescue you from the forbidden woman, from a wayward woman with her flattering talk. 
who abandons the companion of her youth and forgets her covenant of her God. From, for her house sinks down to the death, and her ways to the land of the departed spirits. None return will go to her. None reach the paths of life. So follow the way of good and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those, in, and those of integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous ripped out of it. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, attain wisdom, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, desire wisdom, Lord, that we would want to pursue it, Lord, and ultimately want to live a life that honors you and is in a life that, that Lord, um, that you uh, call us to live, Lord, holiness and pursuing truth, Lord. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Help us understand these things in Jesus' name. We pray, man. You may be seated. So the first way to get wisdom we find in verse 1. What's verse 1 say? My son, if you accept my words and store up my commandments within you. The first point is belief in God's word. Belief in God's word. The father figure says, my son, if you accept my word and store up my commands within you, the author is Solomon. And he's talking about the Father's words found in the book of Proverbs. But he's also talking about, the, about God's whole word, which is the Hebrew scriptures. What we call the Old Testament today, the word for commandments, mitzvah, can also mean the law that God gave his people of Israel in Genesis chapter 26, verse 5, and Exodus chapter 26, verse 28. So it's like Solomon or the father figure is saying, my son, if you want wisdom, believe in God's word. Today I tell you, if you want wisdom, believe in God's word. Each one of us comes to a turning point in our lives where we can have, where we can decide whether uh, the, well, decide the final rule for our lives. If it's going to be God's unchanging, perfect words and commands. That although they are hard, we know that they are good, true, and best. Or are we going to choose our own feelings, our own intuition, our own desires, and what the world says it's best? We have two competing things out there, the world and God's word. Which one will we believe? Which one will we follow? Which one will we live by? God's word offers us a firm foundation for our lives, a foundation that won't let us down. You want, God's word will never fail you. It will never let you down. But if we choose anything else, we're choosing something that might say one thing today and a different thing tomorrow. Have you ever heard that? Eggs are good for you. Eggs are bad for you. You heard that? Drink coffee. Coffee is bad for you. Drink more coffee. It's good for you. Drink more milk. Drink less milk. Drink soy milk. Drink almond milk. How about with the serious things? Divorce is bad. Get a divorce if it makes you happy. Divorce is actually a detrimental to society. How many issues can you think of where 10 to 20 years ago everyone said one thing and now today people say just the opposite. We see, we see doctors doing that all the time, flipping back and forth, right? That's a shifting sands. That's a stormy water. water. Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. In the New Testament. Now, 
Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like a surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. I want to try to build my life on the rock of God's word right here. That never changes. It's always the same. First, we get wisdom by believing in God's word. Let's spend time in the word. Let's read it. Let's devour it. It is good for us. That's how we gain wisdom. Number two, memorizing God's word. Memorizing God's word. We're still in verse one. What does it mean to store up something? Did any of you prepare for, remember Y2K? The, you know, when it was going to change the... It's been a while, but the, the clocks and the computers were going to just not work. They were going to crash. December 31st, 1999 to January 1st, 2000. There was going to be a computer meltdown that would cause food shortages, food shortages financial errors, the apocalypse. I kind of like what we're living today, this virus that's just sweeping over the world, right? So all you people are getting sick and dying, and it's just the economy, and a lot of things are going wrong right now in our world. So to prepare people stored up canned food, powdered food, dried food, and water and drinks that would, wouldn't go bad. Our family, you know, people bought all kinds of things to just store up. Water, extra water. So what happens that, that, that happened the day after? Nothing happened. Everything was right normal. So imagine all the people who got all these things ready prepared. But, um, but we stored, people stored up to avert disaster. People were being cautious. They were like kind of like buying toilet paper, buying water, buying all these antibacterial, right? So likewise, God calls us to store up his word within us to avert disaster in our lives. How do we do that? By memorizing the Bible. Amen? We want to encourage each other to store up God's word in our own hearts because God uses it to strengthen us, to give us hope, to teach us how to live. So we got to be ready to store up the word of God in our, in our minds, in our hearts. That's the second. We get wisdom by memorizing God's word. Number three, acceptance of God's word. Proverbs 2, chapter, verse 2 says, set, let's go to read chapter, uh, verse 2 of Proverbs 2. Listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. So it says, to turn our ears to wisdom and apply our hearts to understanding. Do you ever get a disagreement or a... Do you ever get in a disagreement with somebody? You don't agree with them. And the person you're fighting with says, you're not listening to me. Maybe that's your wife. Oh, no. Right? Sometimes that's true. One person is not paying attention because they're too busy talking or thinking. But usually that means you're not agreeing with me. Proverbs chapter 2 is saying to get wisdom and we need to hear it with our ears and accept it with our hearts and agree with it with our lives. We need to open ourselves up and let God's word and way sink deep into who we are. Amen. In Hebrew culture, the heart was the core of a person, their true identity. We don't want God's word to go in one ear and out the other. 
but to go in and through the earth, through the mind, down deep to our heart. Amen? And that's what we do as pastors when we prepare for sermons. One thing we think about is how is it going to affect me and how am I going to have it transferred to the people of God? We don't want to just sit here and hear without listening or agreeing. We want it to seep see deep down inside of us and be a reality in our lives. Third, we get wisdom by accepting God's word, verse 3 and 4. Ask God for it by prayer. Verse 3 and 4. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. This is perhaps the simplest way to get wisdom. Ask God for it. Ask God. We've got to ask God for it. Verse 3 tells us to call out for insight and cry out aloud for understanding. If you want wisdom, pray that God would give you some. Sometimes prayer is the only step we take. We ask God for wisdom, but we don't try to memorize and understand His Word. Prayer goes hand in hand with God's Word. Prayer and God's Word, they go together. It's like peanut butter and jelly, or eggs and bacon. Who likes eggs and bacon? I do. <laughs> God's word and prayer together make delicious a delicious wisdom platter. If you want wisdom, ask God for it. We read already James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So, Bruce Watke is a teacher of the Bible, and he says that, uh, and he says, one of the points he makes is that wisdom isn't just knowing how to make the right decision, but wisdom is character quality. When you and I pray for wisdom, it's not only that we would make the right choice, it is that, but it's also praying that God will make us into the kind of people who would make the right choice. It's praying God would develop our character so that we choose with integrity and discernment. Some of us need to pursue integrity and discernment that God will allow us to gain that wisdom. So how do we get wisdom? First, by believing in God's word. Second, by memorizing God's word. Third, by accepting God's word. Fourth, by asking God for wisdom through prayer. Now that I've told you how to get wisdom, I've told you how to get it, but what about the benefits of wisdom? What makes it worth doing all those things? What makes it worth signing up for? Why, do you, why would you raise your hand today and say, sign me up for that? Why would you do that? Let's go through the benefits of wisdom. The point of these things is not that, not just that you do them for the sake of doing them, but for the sake of something greater. Did you ever watch those MasterCard commercials that they were passing back in the day? A man and a woman walk in the gas station, and the gas station attendant rings up their purchase. He says, chips, $3. Frozen beverage, $2. Gas, $31. Starting a new life together, priceless. You remember that? But then the woman shakes her head no, so the gas station attendant tries again, rekindling a fire that never went out. She shakes her head again, satisfying a much-needed slushy fix, priceless. Because if it's hot, I mean, wouldn't you want a slushy in this heat, this hot weather, nice cold drink? So what's the priceless thing we're seeking by pursuing wisdom? What is that priceless thing that we're, that we're seeking when we pursue wisdom? What is it? God himself. God himself. 
Verse 5 and 6, knowing God. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Verse 5 says, if we seek wisdom, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord is believing that God's threats are real and his promises are true. God's threats are real and his promises are true. What is that? Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the grave shows us that God's threats are real. That if we don't deal with our sins, he will put us to death. But that his promises are real. That if we put our faith and trust in him, he will forgive us of our sins and, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? It's as if we come to understand that who God is through Jesus Christ, that we begin to actually know who God is. Because Christ is the way, right? The truth and the life. Do you want to know about God or know God? What do you guys want to do? Know about God or know God? Know God. Amen. To know Him, right? You might know a lot of things about your favorite celebrity. Who here has a favorite celebrity or professional favorite sports athlete? That you follow. You might know what movies they're into or what their batting average, but that doesn't mean you know them, right? There's a simple test for you to see if they know if they know if you know them. Do they know you? If I were to walk up to Tom Cruise or Tom Brady, and if I were to name drop your name, would they know you? No, right? They're like, who the heck is that? So, if I were to name drop your name, would they know you? They wouldn't know you. Come on. One step further, if I were to walk up to God and name drop your name, would he be saying, oh yes, I know him, I love him very much. Would he do it? Would, would that happen? We seek wisdom because we're seeking God. We want to know Him. But the next verse tells us that it's only possible by God's grace. Read verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. We can only know God if God, if God wants to know us. We can only acquire wisdom if God wants to give it to us. It fits both as we ask as we ask and as he gives it. We got to ask, but God has to give it to us. It's a kind of an exchange. We seek to obey and to know God, and God gives us a relationship with him. Or put it in a reverse. God gives us a relationship with him, and so we obey and we know God. Make sense? What's the priceless benefit of wisdom? Knowing God himself. God is the gospel. God is the good news. God is what you guys get. Amen? Amen. The benefits just keep growing out of this. If you know God, you're part of the family and God protects you. Let's read verses 7 and 8. He stores up success for the upright. He is a shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his faithful followers. 
God's protection, verses 7 through 19, is about God's protection. Who wants God's protection in their life? Amen, right? God's wisdom grants us protection from potential disasters. I don't mean natural disasters, but rather God's wisdom protects us from ourselves, from bad things we might do ourselves. God's wisdom protects us from what? From coming, committing injustice, verses 9 through 11. Committing injustice, sinning against others by treating them unfairly. If God gives us wisdom, we will want to treat others with fairness and equal and, 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 uh, and in the right way, even if it costs to ourselves. Wicked men or women who love sin, verses 12 through 15. And Pastor Gerardo probably talked, hinted on this last week about those who take advantage of others for their own gain. As God grants us wisdom and our character like His, we won't be drawn to them, but we will recognize them for who they are. Verse, uh, verses 16 through 19, unfaithful women or men who break their marriage promise. Verse 16 says that. Wisdom will save you from the wayward woman or the seduct with her seductive words. Sometimes beauty might cause a break in a marriage vow, but often it's words, words of affirmation and acceptance. It's a listening ear. Emotional adultery comes before acting it out. God gives us wisdom so we know how to stay away from relationships that lead to that kind of disaster. But there's one more benefit to wisdom, verses 20 to 22, which is, the, I think, the best one... Because, well, ultimately God is the best one, but what is right after with that, that comes with that? A forever home with God, verse 20 to 22. Amen. Let's read that. So the way of the good and the keep to the paths of the righteous, for the upright will inhabit the land, and those of integrity will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treasure is ripped out of it. Proverbs 2.21 says, For the upright will live in the land, and the blameless will remain in it. Now, what land is it talking about? Is it talking about this land right here, this earth right now that we live in temporary? No, it's talking about the land to come, our heavenly home. It's an interesting way to close this passage in Proverbs because it's a reminder to the Israelite people that they get to stay in the promised land, which is a type of the future land, heaven. If they obey God and keep His commandments, Exodus chapter twenty, verse twelve. But there's, but where's the promise for us? Where's the promise for us? The benefits of wisdom are knowing God, protection from mistakes in this life, and an eternal home with God in the life to come. Hebrews says that the heroes of the faith were longing for a better country. A heavenly one. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 16. They were longing for something eternal. If that's you. If you're longing for a better home. Pursue wisdom. Seek God by believing his word. Memorizing. Accepting it. Accepting it and by prayer. Seeking the spiritual disciplines of a Christian. Let's go to Colossians.
Colossians 2, chapter 3. treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ Jesus is all our wisdom is all our knowledge is all the treasures with such effort we will only find wisdom for daily practical living but also find Jesus Christ because Christ is wisdom he is the incarnate wisdom God became a man in Jesus Christ so he's indeed the greatest benefit of diligently seeking wisdom. If you guys want to know Christ, seek wisdom. Because in wisdom you will find... It's like seeking truth. Truth will always point you to God, to Jesus, because he is the truth. There is no other truth. He is truth. He is life. He is the way. Amen? Amen. So I want to conclude. I want to wrap this up real soon, real short. Are not the benefits of wisdom worth the effort necessary to obtain it? That's the question I ask you guys. Are not the benefits of wisdom worth the effort necessary to obtain them? One, to know God and enjoy His providential care. Two, to obtain discernment for making the right moral choices. Sometimes we have, what choice should I make? Wisdom is in founding God. Three, to be delivered from the shenanigans of evil men. Get away from those evil, wicked people that might be around you. Four, to be delivered from the seductions of immoral women. Don't let them catch you. Don't let them trap you. Five, to be able to walk in goodness and righteousness, living lives blessed by God. Is that not what we want? Amen? So, and what is the effort required to obtain God's wisdom? What is it that we must do? To hear God's word. Incline your ear to wisdom. Incline your ear to wisdom. To meditate on the word of God. Apply your heart to understanding. To ask in faith for wisdom. Cry out for discernment. Lift up our voice for understanding. And the last one. To highly value its worth. Seeker as silver for hidden treasures. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, that you would help us, Lord. Give us grace, Lord, to be able to pursue wisdom, Lord. To be able to spend time in your word, Lord. That we would not just be hearers of your word, Lord, but we would be doers of your word. That we would also, Lord, put it into practice in our daily living, Lord. That we would be able, Lord, to obey, Lord. And do it out of joy. Do it, do it out of because we get to, because we want to, Lord. Because there's a life that's changing us because of what Christ has done on the cross for us, Lord. That we have, we are born again, that we are new creatures in Christ, that we have new desires, Lord, and we want to live a life that's in honor of you, God. So help us, Lord. Give us much grace to be able to do these things, Lord, that we would be able to lead our families, Lord, in the right path, Lord, and help us. And we pray us in Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. Amen.